Yeah. Hello. Now you beat Maisie. There he is. Hello. Hey. Shit, should have been the high one. Oh, yeah. I had to lose that up, actually. <laughs> but, uh, man, I am having a day. <laughs> Sounds fun. Well, we're having... Uh, we're having plumbing problems because our cat is pissing in the shower drain and it's, oh it's burning holes in the pipes. <laughs> I, and I, cat pissing acid? Yes, and I wish I wish I was kidding. She, Have you uh, ever told them about what your mom's cat does? No. She, use, she uses the she uses the box, right? So she's not it's not like she's not using the litter box, but then she will also go like Huncher of the drain and Corey's shower and pissing it. Jesus, my mom's cat takes a dump in the sink. Dog pole. On top of which, broke. A little too forceful in the bedroom, are you? No, I wish it was that. I'm just that. Okay, so. uh uh, hi, after all that. Uh, welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. I am joined tonight by Brent Perry. Hello. Josh Krugner. Yep. And Sarah, fuck, I just realized I don't know your last name. Sarah Busold, hello. Soon to be Krugner. Yep. Okay. Um, our uh, purpose for recording this evening is uh, the latest in our series of... Uh, Retro movie review pods on uh, 1988's Willow. So, um, where would we like to begin here, boys, and gentlemen, and lady? Um, yeah, I guess we do the usual. Why we watched it, the rundown. Okay, okay. Well, let me throw out the basic numbers first. I mean, we always kind of talk about that mm-hmm. to a, to an extent too. This was released uh, May 20th, 1988. Um, I mistakenly thought it was 1989 and was promoting it as such for two weeks. <laughs> um, but uh, had a 35 mil- directed by Ron Howard. And as far as I can tell, I don't know if this is still true, but for a long time, this was a movie he did not acknowledge having any involvement in. Oh, it's really? um, one of the ones that he actually did a good job on. Yeah, yeah. it was actually. He, he actually. <laughs> Yeah, I saw several interviews with him where he they would ask him about this movie, and he'd be like, "I had nothing to do with that." Mm-hmm. So I wonder if maybe if maybe Uncle George was a little pushy. I was uh, saying it, it is Lucasfilm, and George Lucas has been known to yeah. be like, "Oh well, we should do this," and the director just kind of gets thrown yeah. along. So wouldn't shock. But this uh, had yeah, this had a thirty-five million dollar budget and had a worldwide gross, and of course, this time, as we've said, another. 80s film pods. I think worldwide gross means that it was really only released over here. Um, (laughs) And it made $57 million. So not a huge uh, winner, but not not a massive loser either. And from what I was able to get out of it without specific figures, it seems like once they, you know, sold the international rights and home video and stuff, it probably actually turned a small profit by the end of that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it definitely became you know a home video cult classic and merchandise sales alone. Yeah, no, okay. this, that's actually the first time I watched it. My grandmother brought it home and we watched it together. Yep. So I, I yeah, didn't. I we... wasn't even. Uh, I was yeah. too young to watch this in the theater. <laughs> yep. Why don't we start with uh, Josh and Sarah then? As to and Josh, you actually have the best story, at least the short version, because yeah. you saw it what a couple months ago. Yeah, I, I had never seen it before. We were, uh, she was shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and Sarah, you said you saw it really young. Yeah, I saw it really young. My grandmother was a huge, you know, fantasy fan. Um, she used to read me stories, tell me stories. We always, you know, watching movies was a big part of my childhood. And this was one that I watched, you know, over and over again. Nice. And when I found out that Josh had never seen it, I was shocked coming from, you know, Mr. You know, Mr. Movie Buff himself. I was shocked, too, when you said that, by the way. I figured that would be I know you weren't in my age bracket at the time of, that this came out, but I would have figured this would have been something you had seen. 
Yeah, no, I um, spent my childhood watching things like that stalker. <laughs> ah, okay. Brent, how did this strike you in the far off lands of Canada? Uh, I would have saw it when I was just a kid, like back on home release. Uh, my uncle was a huge fucking Lucas fan, so anything he did, I ended up watching by default. Yep. And I haven't watched it since I was a kid. And yeah, the whole time I was watching it, all I could think was, wow, this is exactly what you get when you try to make a Lord of the Rings movie, but you can't get the rights from Tolkien at the last minute. Josh said something really similar, actually. Yeah. Like Lord of the Rings it. and Princess Bride. And then we watched Princess Bride right after. Mm -hmm. That actually makes me raise the question, and I couldn't find anything on this. <laughs> I mean, if you know any of the back history of Star Wars, I mean... He basically came up with Star Wars, I think, when he tried to get the rights to Flash Gordon and failed. So yeah. it makes me wonder if this was actually he attempted to get the rights to Lord of the Rings, and given how uptight Tolkien's estate is, they probably told him to go fuck off. And... Well, so Lance's theory was always that Lucas ripped off Lord of the Rings for Star Wars, and he would okay. tell me, like, you know, it's the exact same story, and we'd look at him and be like, there's similarities, but no, that's not really it. It's a hero's yeah. story. Yeah. And then he would always reference things like uh, Revenge of the Sith. He's like, it's exactly like when they go to Mordor. And I'm like, that's not the original story. <laughs> fire in the background? Come on, Lance. Oh, Lance. I <laughs> miss his movie takes, man. Yeah, was he a Lord of the Rings guy, Josh? I don't know if we ever talked about that. So Lance actually hated fantasy because it was impractical, and the idea of magic pissed him off. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that doesn't surprise no, me. No, that sounds pretty pretty spot on for what I would have thought, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so I saw this um, at the tender age of 12 in 1989, uh, given how um, home video worked back then. I did not see it in theaters, because only in theaters where I live for like a weekend. And then it went away. <laughs> um, but my best friend and I rented it once, and probably when we were like 12, and we absolutely loved it. And uh, he actually, when I told him we were, and he, he listens to this, not all of them, but he listens to the ones that interest him. And when, mm -hmm. I, when I told him we were doing this, he was like, tell me the minute you put that out. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, um, so we would probably rent this like twice a year. And we started getting into Dungeons and Dragons around that age too. And uh, I basically being lazy and he was the fantasy character that interested me the most. Every single character I ever played for about five years was five years was an attempt to be Mad Mardigan. Oh my <laughs> and God. Yeah. He, my best friend was our DM and he always told me, could you just do something else at some <laughs> point soon, maybe? Um but yeah, I mean, I, I still love this movie. Like, I watched this for this pod, like, maybe two days ago, and I just, I think I have the same thing with, like, all the comic book movies. Like, they trigger some part of my brain that reminds me of when I was 10. Nostalgia. And, and yeah, yeah. Genuine nostalgia. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I still love this, you know, and I watched it with Corey and was, you know, and she didn't hate it. I, this was a couple <laughs> of years ago. She didn't, like, hate it or anything, but she was just like, okay. And I was just like, no, you're supposed to love it. No. <laughs> um, so we haven't really found that one yet. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I still love this. I had some questions about it, which I've never really thought about before, because I sort of looked at it through the lens of the way we tend to look at things on this. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. So um, I'm assuming people did some background on this. I, I did a bunch. I don't want to jump on everybody, but um, I did look at some things. So whatever we want to hit first, I guess. Do you think they dressed the black midget like Wilt Chamberlain from Conan on purpose? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because, <laughs> like, he's got the exact same getup on. And it's like... <laughs> I, I would imagine they had to have because just when it came out versus when Conan came out. So. Yeah. See, my problem is, Josh, you told me who that was, and then... Every time he showed up, I just started hearing his lines from me, myself, and Irene in my head. <laughs> I just... Oh, I hear I bad just, Santa. Yeah, bad Santa, yeah. exactly. I still think I haven't seen that. Your dick's dead, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even look up his real name. I've got him written down in my notes as Wilted Chamberlain. It's uh, Tony, Tony Cox. Cox, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I've got him written down as Wilted Chamberlain, because... 
why not? Will to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So yeah, uh, you know, John, you know, you know, obviously you don't have to get his full name, but you know, shout out your friend. That, that's, oh, uh, uh, that's cool. You guys can share that. My best friend, Mike Tracer, who might eventually be on this show. I've, I'm thinking about if we need people to uh, pitch him on the Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth stuff. Oh, there um, you go. All right. But, well, that's cool. We look forward to that. I don't. Um, I don't know if he especially wants to be on a podcast, but I will ask him. And yeah. for when you listen to this, hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hi, Mike. Welcome to the show. Um, yeah. So this was, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect because everybody had always talked about it, but no one ever said what it was about. So I just figured, like. You know, the only exposure I had to Warwick Davis besides uh, being Wicked was, was the Leprechaun movie. So I just figured like he was going to be like an evil sorcerer person. <laughs> I had no idea. And then it's like he's like, uh, you know, caring for this little girl in his little vigid village. And he's like uh, going on the not Lord of the Rings quest. And I was like, oh, OK. I, I clearly had the wrong idea about this one. A not Lord of the Rings quest. <laughs> No, it's actually much simpler than that, I think. We also, uh, this this ties back to the one we did last time, because there was a uh, another character actor. Hashtag Gwildor. Hashtag yeah. Gwildor. They, they weren't all yelling at him to keep up and not eat not eat crappy ribs, so I was confused. Yeah, that's only because he yeah. didn't come with them. <laughs> that's true. If he would have been and there, that act- would have happened. He actually had some level of esteem in this movie, as opposed to, like, the genius inventor that they all treated like shit. No, instead he's the genius inventor yeah. that they all treat like a god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I do think this, like you said, Josh, I think this is one of those movies that sits firmly in my nostalgia zone. Like you could, I could probably watch a, uh, behind a full on behind the scenes documentary pointing out every way in which this movie sucks. And I'd still be like, okay, fine. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the thing with fantasy movies, especially 80s fantasy movies, is they're supposed to suck, but, you know, this one was good. Yeah. Um, so you know that I am convinced that George Lucas, anything he's ever done, he's ripped off from somebody well, it's, yeah. it's hard to argue. So there, there is a movie that I have promised I will never, ever make Sarah watch, uh, but I've mentioned <sighs> it to you guys before because I'm pretty sure that George R. R. Martin ripped it off for Game of Thrones. And it was one of the things was coming to mind because of the whole plot with the little girl. And it's the throne of fire. Mm. And uh, I'm thinking there was some, some heavy. You know what? There. there was one point when uh, Mad Murdigan ends up with Sorsha or whatever her name is. When, yeah. he, when they're uh-huh. on the horse and she like kicks the shit out of him, and runs away. Like I was all I could think was, wow, this is exactly what George Martin based Egret and Jon Snow off of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And speaking of which, Val Kilmer and uh, Joanne Wally ended up marrying each other. Huh. Yes, they did. Yeah, we didn't know that. We were, we were well, like, you know, they look good together. And I, I kind of realized that a couple years ago when you, you, you had a period of her movies where her last name was Joanne Whaley Kilmer. And I was like, where would she have met him? Oh! Where <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and some of the some of the research I did for this, and we tend to always get our conversation points out of stuff like that. I, I'm sorry, um, I got to mm-hmm. cut you off here for a second. Can you imagine if they got married right after that wedding and like it was only the little people that were in attendance? How low she'd have to throw the bouquet? <laughs> <laughs> she'd probably bowl it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to respect them casting all little. Characters. Oh, yeah, they went yeah. full in. Oh. Yeah, no, and it's. Yeah, apparently, and, you know, pretty well-known little people in there. Yeah, yeah that one guy from the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies was, like, the main spear guy. Mm-hmm. I saw a, ru- yeah. I saw a rumor that uh, Dinklage is actually in this movie somewhere. Really? Um, in one of the... I mean, it's unsub- completely unsubstantiated, but I read somewhere that he is one of the... You know, it's all rumor and possibility and whatever, but he is one of the background people in one of the, I think the scenes where he, where Willow, the, the scene where Willow tries to do the disappearing pig trick, there's apparently a guy, a, a little person guy, like standing in the background with his arms crossed, looking at him, and people claim that's Dinklage, and he would have been 17 years old at the time. Yeah, well, he, he's, he would have been like six months older than uh, the main actor, yeah. Warwick Davis. Yeah, because Warwick Davis was apparently 17 when this was filmed, mm-hmm. even though he looks 30 ish. Oh. 
but yeah well when he was in the he was cast in uh return of the jedi he was very young yeah he was only 13 or 11 or something yeah well apparently mm-hmm. lucas lucas liked him so much that he wrote this movie for him <laughs> really yes. and i would actually make the argument josh you were talking about uh that you know lucas ripped off some other movie for this, which he probably did, because you're right, he does kind of take a lot of his influences from other things. But I would mm-hmm. even make the argument that he sort of rips himself off in the sense that this oh, yeah. is very much like a... We talked during Masters of the Universe about how that script was basically reverse-engineered Supergirl. Mm-hmm. This yep. really feels like reverse-engineered Star Wars to me. In ways, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny that we're, we're talking about a movie with a uh, possible background actor connection that, you know, I had never seen before and Sarah had seen. Uh, right now, we're actually doing the reverse. We're watching the 1993 classic My Boyfriend's mm. Back, which somehow Sarah's never seen. Mm. And there is a uh, surprise Matthew McConaughey who is uncredited completely. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was struck by... Um, um, how good Val Kilmer is in this movie. Oh, yeah, he's like, great. I don't know. Like, I've only really seen him in, like, Batman Forever. And, you know, maybe I saw The Doors once when I was a kid. But Oh, dude, Val Kilmer is fucking incredible. You need to watch Top Gun immediately. We definitely need to oh, do I, a podcast we should do Doomstone. Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. I was Doomstone, so surprised that he didn't see this yeah. movie. Because but... he is so sexy in this movie. We should do uh, yeah. Top Gun before Maverick comes out. Absolutely, but um, you know, so we we should get Brendan on for this one. But you got to watch Thunderheart. I probably have at some point over the years, but that's a good recommendation. Oh man, Val Kilmer plays like a uh, Native American shaman descendant cowboy yeah. cop. It's the crazy. thing I kept coming back to with Kilmer was like, it's similar to. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's on the same level as Ford in Star Wars, but it lacks like where Ford as good as that performance is kind of has to spew a lot of like world babble and, and like world building, world building gibberish and whatever. Elmer doesn't really have to do that. And he just gets to crack jokes and be funny. And well, I think he tries a couple of times and then it falls flat. So fucking yeah. Mark Davis has to repeat the exact yeah, yeah. same information. And <laughs> it's like, he, he's like, I'm, I'm not doing this exposition crap. And then Warwick Davis is like, I'll talk about the magical lands. <laughs> Remember the part where he's dressed um, up as a woman so he doesn't get caught cheating on dudes and, and Buddy feels him up? And I'm like, wow, yep. that's a bit... Uh, you wouldn't see that in the fucking reboot. Nope. Well, maybe you would. There, there's one coming, by the way. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's oh, going to no. be like... No, no. Oh, it's no. a D-plus series, um, so it might, it might actually plus. fill out... Yeah, go ahead, Brent. Well, it's it's supposed to be yeah, Disney Plus series, and it's if it's the same as like what they've done with Mandalorian or like Wandavision, like it might actually fill out some of the like confusing parts of the plot line. Yep. But yeah. it, anytime you any anytime you get a new reboot, there's like a seventy five percent chance it's going to be just totally fucking bullshit. So I'm not sure what well, to think. Well, yeah, the witches. Mm-hmm. I, I watched that recently. That was terrible. So. I mean, if they could actually develop a series, you know, similar to The Mandalorian for this and kind of, you know, give it the credit that it's deserved because it was it was a good movie. I know that it, you know, met, you know, mixed reviews from critics. But I mean, I think that, you know, especially kids that saw this, like it was fun. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it got me into these kind of it got me into these kind of stories more than. You know, I think if you, I think if you stuck Lord of the Rings in front of me at that age, my brain would have exploded. But like, this was a <laughs> yeah. very easy, like, gateway sort of way to get into that. I know? actually did watch Lord of the Rings around the same age that I watched Willow, the old Rankin Bass cartoon one, or the like rotoscope half cartoon mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Saw, and it just ends one. at Helm's Deep, so like you never get the end of the story with it. So it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. like it was more frustrating than what you think it would be. Well, they did a second one that was just Return of the King eventually, right? Uh, yeah, but I don't think I ever actually found that anywhere. Uh, okay. <laughs> that, was, that was like so yeah. low budgeted that I don't even think they put it on VHS. For some reason, and you know, I know we 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 usually get into like what our favorite wines are in certain movies and whatever. Um, 
for some reason, and I was so into the Kilmer performance this time around, and uh, and it's probably been a good couple of years since I watched it last, but um, for some reason, the line when he's uh, when they're out in the out in the fields or whatever, and the brownies are there, and he just goes, "Mumbo, Jumbo, I am hungry. Get me some eggs or something." <laughs> and they're like, "We are not afraid of you." And he just goes, "No," and then they run away. The like, weirdest that, part that had me dying. The weirdest part of the whole movie is that Kevin Pollock was one of the brownies, and I was like, "Holy yes, shit!" Like, I, I didn't realize until we watched it recently. I was like, "Holy shit!" That's yeah, Pollock. like. And, Josh was like, who? <laughs> Comedian guy, curses a lot, doesn't make any sense to be in this movie. That guy. <laughs> well, was he the one with the really modified voice, or was he the one with the French accent? He's the one that keeps falling in, like, the beer mug. He's the he's the lackey, not the one that's like, I am the leader. Okay, so he wasn't the one with the French accent. He's the one with the rat head. Ah, right. Yes. Okay. Yep. And my, my one, like... My well, maybe not one. There's probably more, but the one that strikes me the most is like the one thing that I hung up on the most with this time around was like, why did the what the the witch's daughter seems to change sides for no other reason than Val Kilmer's magic penis? She, she, she wants to yeah. Right. Born again. Yeah, it's exactly. the exact same. She spouted poetry right. to ex- her, which Val Kilmer actually is yeah. a poet which is funny enough and you know he yeah. wooed her in my research though there is i found something that they did film but did not use apparently her father was and i guess that means Bavmorda was the queen of this beforehand i i guess it doesn't that part of it doesn't make a lot of mm-hmm. sense to me her father was yes. the king of that country they were trying to get to mm-hmm. and Bavmorda had turned him into a statue at some point and her Sorsha finds the statue and it somehow sort of like half comes back to life and tells her like your mother is wrong this is all shitty what are you doing and that convinces her to change sides oh I think I did read about this this was when they saw the trolls right when everyone yes. was stone yes I did see I, I remember reading about that yeah that just now was like the first time I ever read that I was like oh that probably would have been better than what they did no, see, I, I, well, they were just like, you know, we're pressed for time, and you know, she's in yep. Valkyrie. Yeah, like I, I thought it was the same character, Erica's Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy, where she's she just like, yeah, that penis looks good. <laughs> Which, so on that note, we should uh, <laughs> walk everybody through the the framework of the story as we usually do. Yep. Uh, so, John, from the top, what's our, okay. what's our story? Okay, so starts with. Um, this evil queen named Bavmorda, who is um, has heard of some prophecy that some child, some female child, will eventually grow up to challenge her. So as a result, she's incarcerating all pregnant women and killing their offspring. So at, as this begins, you see a a woman giving birth, and I guess the kid has some particular birthmark. And that's how they know who the which kid it is. So she hands off hands off the kid to a nursemaid or something who she convinces t- to send her elsewhere. And uh, this little what's the term? Is it Nelwyn? Yeah. Farmer yep. yeah. and his kids find this find this kid on a on a river. Uh, and, you forgot you forgot the Moses uh, fucking analog there. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not terribly religious, so there we go. Well, th- he just floats a kid down a river in a little basket, and then the fucking the Nelvins find her. Yeah, that's pretty much right. It. So, uh, you have the, our main character, Willow Lufgood, who is a farmer, and he also wants to be a sorcerer or a wizard or something. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, he uh, he takes the kid and he goes, "Oh, you know, the full size humans, which the name I also forget." It, Makes me think of the word banana every time I hear it. Um, uh, yes, yeah, like that's Dakini? it. Yeah. Or, um, he's yeah. like, oh, the full size humans are trouble. We got to get rid of the kid, you know. So his whole thing is, we got to take it to the the village council and whatever, and let them decide what to do with it. So he goes and does this, and the uh, head council guy, played by Billy Barty, again uh, showing up on our show again. Um, tells him to go and oh, I left out the sorcery training thing. They have this yearly thing where the 
the the head of the village guy is also like a sorcerer of some sort, and he's like trying to find an apprentice, and he throws this riddle in front of Willow that he fails to figure out, and then. Okay, my logic when he's like pick a finger to be like my apprentice, you're in a people little people village. Why would you not pick the little finger? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not even being a dick. That would have been my first instinct. Would have been like, haha, I'm on to you. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. none of them thought of it. Yeah, and I mean, you, how many years can you do this where he's like, nobody ever picks the little finger? I think I get the sense it was a different <laughs> riddle every year, but because it sounded like Willow had done it a couple of times. I mean, by that point, I think you would have figured it out. Um, yeah, I'd yeah. Be different riddle, obviously. So he sent. Uh, he they basically tell him go go drop this baby off with the first big human you see and come back. So he goes out with a couple other people, a couple of his fellow villagers, and they find... Uh, I didn't want to call it that. I was afraid we get sued. <laughs> um, he finds Val Kilmer's Mad Mardigan hanging in a cage, and uh, the other people that he's with are like, oh yeah, leave her with him. Who cares? And he's like, but he's an asshole. Why would we do that? So they let him out, and he does take the kid, and then they just sort of end up following him, following him around anyway because Willow feels bad about it, and he just kind of gets stuck with him. Um, and they they had to go find that wizard per, or the sorceress person, right? Um, to bring Tail Lemur. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They have to go to some island and find this. Sorceress who had been turned into an animal by Bavmorta, I guess because she was competition. Okay, thank you for the names. Um, and uh, this leads to, eventually leads to a big giant confrontation between uh, some sort of army. It wasn't the the politics of it weren't especially clear to me, but I don't think they really mattered that much. Um, so there's a big huge confrontation between this wizard queen in this army to uh because she's trying to kill the child who at this point they have kidnapped and taken from willow's protection and uh Mm -hmm. it was also unclear to me like what what that would have done like she's doing this like big ritual to kill it but why don't you just stab it like why does it matter that much but we'll get into that because elder gods Right, but to me, they don't explain it. I'm like, why do you need to just? Why do you need to do that? Why don't just put a knife in its because, eye? Because it's more. It's. I, I took it like The Witcher, where like they couldn't just kill what's her face, and like you know, you have to like bring her out into her pure form, and then basically like yeah, fire. Plus, it's more evil if you have a like ritual. Yep. Right. If you just kill no. someone, then you're just a dick. You're not really all that evil. Yeah. So, big big fight, sort of. You know, it's. it's probably fairly small budget so i mean it's not like this huge army or anything you're not talking about like pelinor or any of that um, um the big guy the big evil army guy is he's the guy the nazi that gets killed by the fucking propeller in indiana jones he might have been i didn't look that up is he yeah. okay i thought so i never yeah. i'm too lazy to look mm-hmm. it up but yeah that, that's when i heard him that was the thing for me by the way when i was a kid and i saw that trailer and you see that guy in the fucking skull helmet? I was like, yes. Sign me up for this right now. <laughs> he was also he was also in, in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Boom. He was mm-hmm. the chief guard. So he was uh, a frequent nice. uh, collaborator with uh, Lucas nice. and those folks. So yeah, they saved the kid. You know, joy ensues. Um, uh, Val Kilmer ends up with, with the daughter. And it seems like they're going to raise the kid. Um, and then he goes, Willow goes back to his village and hangs out with his wife and kids some more. Um, now, yeah, oh, yeah, so. but he gets a well, well, Willow also becomes like an expert sorcerer and starts like throwing around. Oh, yeah, that was kind of important. <laughs> yeah, it? and he gets a pony to pull his plow around <laughs> instead of a pig. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> that was my takeaway of the movie. I was like, wow, he got better farm equipment. Now, Brent, you had mentioned like if they with this Disney Plus series, like what they could have based that on. There were, and I looked, I just looked for this and uh, I I thought about buying them, but I didn't want to spend like 80 bucks. Um, Chris Claremont co-wrote a trilogy of novels with Lucas setting up a future story for this. 
That's interesting because it could be either really, really good or really, really bad. Like, there's no gray area. Yeah, uh, what 90, year was that? I believe it. It was all written between like '93 and 2000. Yeah, that's the bad year in the Claremont. I still might try to get them, but they're not cheap on Amazon or anything because they're pretty old. Mind you, that was pretty good years for Lucasfilm books through Del Rey. So it just depends on who they had as their like main editor and their publisher to like okay or disavow fucking yeah. terrible ideas. Just remember, you got a, a Claremont who got fired unceremoniously Twice. from X Men, who was on like a depression bender, like writing God hmm. knows what. <laughs> Willow, apparently. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just think this. I I would. I would have no problem showing this to like a 10 year old kid now who might like balk at some of the effects maybe. But if you, if, if it's a, if it's a kid that age, who's willing to go like, Oh, well this is what the effects were at the time this was made. Then there's the sword fighting actually wasn't terrible either for what it was. No, there wasn't a lot of it, but like no, the final move that mad Meredith pulls on the skull dude, like I, with all the sword and sandal movies that have come out, like Game of Thrones, you got fucking Troy, you got all that fucking slew of them. Like nobody has ever pulled that like step on the sword to tilt it up and pull dude down on it. Move. I guess not. Yeah, I didn't really. Think no, that. like it, it's weird because when I saw it, I was like, "Hey, that's actually something kind of innovative." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, I mean, what you know, given that you don't have the lens of, like, childhood nostalgia with this, I mean, what were your... I'm most curious what your, like, lasting impressions were. Um, you know, I thought it was really good. I thought they focused way more on the story than the traditional 80s fantasy aspects, you know. When it comes to 80s fantasy that I... I mean, I watched it. I shouldn't have watched it that age, but, um... You know, like even Beastmaster just came back out on on Blu-ray. Um, obviously, Deathstalkers one. I would go to things like Warrior, Sorceress. Um, you know, Conan. Yeah, Master of the Universe. Like a lot of like you know effects, almost like we would have seen in an Indiana Jones. I wonder if it would have been not better, but you know, it would have caught on more if it had been Spielberg directing it as opposed to Ron Howard. Yeah. One of the big things I think was there were a couple of big movies that opened the same weekend and I think it got buried. Like yeah, like big opened against this. Um and uh, I, I yeah. there was a couple there was a couple <laughs> of like... things. I don't have it in front of me right now, but in fact let me do that. I can get it back. Mm-hmm. I really hope that was like a studio head decision where they were like, hmm, what do we put up against the little movie, little people movie? Big. Oh, that's, that's funny. That is funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I thought it was really good. I thought it really focused on the uh, the story as opposed to the fantasy aspect, the effects, the fighting. Uh, I thought Val Kilmer was the best part. I prefer him to uh, Dread Pirate Roberts any day. Mm-hmm. We watched Princess Bride right after. I would definitely I like, yep, agree with definitely. that. As much, I do love that movie, but I do think it's a better performance than uh, Carrie Always. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay. He's got the swagger and the swashbuckling, yep. you know, but not a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, we can't skip over Andre the Midget. The one guy that was like six inches taller than all the other guys, and he was just a super total fucking dickhead bully. Oh, you mean the one who kept getting shit on by birds? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or puked on by babies. He he got his come up there. But like, yeah, it's the whole time I'm watching. I'm like, they made him the mean one just because he's taller. Like, and I wonder if that's how that actually works with them. Like, if you're taller, are you more of a bully? Probably. Well, we actually went on a uh, a. a little bit of a discovery as to the differences between midgets and dwarves because we were trying to figure out like who was who and <laughs> what was <laughs> and uh it's more of a like genetics thing it's the the size of the hands and the shape of the head and pretty much everybody yeah. okay. there was a dwarf is there any explanation as to when you know not trying to make fun but i literally 
I, you know, when I saw the yeah. thing that said that Warwick Davis was 17 when they made this, I was shocked because he looks 30. So yeah, the dwarves, the dwarvism, like they, they don't necessarily age quicker, but they tend to have like, you know, more adult looking yeah. features, even when they're okay. children. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his hands, they look yeah. like adult like hands, yeah. whereas, whereas some of them have smaller hands. And I think it comes with, you know, whether or not they're proportionate or Oh yeah, this movie had no chance. Holy shit. Okay. So Lucas claims that he hoped that this, this movie could be financially successful to the level of E.T., but, but <laughs> it opened against Crocodile Dundee 2, Big, and yeah. Rambo 3. Ooh, that is a rough weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that is, that's tough. And it's it's unfortunate because it's no. it's not a bad movie. No. <laughs> like it really isn't. And going against a, you know, a sequel and, you know, a third, like, that's a shame. I think of those three, I think, you know, yep. Big was probably the big uh, winner. Uh, <laughs> now, would we, consider, yeah. would we consider this a cult film? I almost think it's, like, too successful to be that. It, but on the, it, it is, is now, now, but, yeah. like, it's, it's weird, because, like, I'd, it, I'd call it a cult film, yeah. Yeah. Like, how am I trying to word this? It didn't have much like following back in the day, but like the kids that did pick it up on home video fucking all loved it. Yeah. So like it, it as they yeah. grew up, their kids got into it through like nostalgia. And I think that is kind of what makes a cult movie, a cult yeah. movie in the first yeah. place is the, the, the second generation. Yep. Yeah. You grow up on it. Cause I mean, it, it, it I mean, it was nominated for Academy Awards. You know, granted, it was in the it was sounds and visual effects, and um, I think it eventually uh, lost out to Who Framed Rob- Roger Rabbit, which we watched recently, we which did. is another one I mm-hmm. was obsessed with as a kid growing up. Mm, you just keep giving me ideas. Yeah, oh, that's the thing. <laughs> hey, man, you got Who Framed Roger for, Rabbit for weeks where we don't have anything else. Know. You're just giving me ideas to fill in for. Um, and that's the yeah. thing. Like the more we talk, the more ideas just come straight out of it. Like it's, yep. it's great. That's why this thing will never end. We'll be doing this when we're seventy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, Brent, I kind of agree with you. Like about kind of almost what the definition of a cult film is. Like I've always heard it. It has to, do, you know, my I have some really, and not that we're kind of not this too, but I have some really like film snobby friends who are like. That can't be a cult film. It made too much money. And it's like... Well, I mean, so you, you have two different types of cult films. Yeah, there are the class of I made too much money. This one definitely didn't. But it's more the, not just nostalgia factor, but if it holds yeah. up, if it has a following, if like, you know, if they were to come out with Willow action figures like tomorrow, would yeah. people buy them? Yeah. There is a person I mean, of people uh, who would go do that. that. Yeah. You you look at any Comic Con, any yeah. Star Wars Con, any like eighties nostalgia movie mm-hmm. con, and Willow gets a top billing. So like if it's big with the, if it's big with the con crowds, Definitely. it's usually a cult movie. Yep. Definitely. If like, you know, people walk around in the cosplay and you know, the merchandise, T shirts. So for example, um, there's a movie that I absolutely love. I owned a copy of it. We still have it. I'm gonna flip it because I was like, Oh, they came out with a new one, I'll get that. It's got more features. It literally sold out the next what day. What was it? I'm still waiting. It's on back order. So, uh, oh, okay. Savage okay. Streets with uh, Linda Blair. Um, but then there was another movie that I absolutely loved and I wanted, and I unfortunately made Sarah watch, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that bought it, and that was <laughs> The Devil's Wedding Night. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so if, if, like, Willow was to get a, a 4K Ultra Steelbook tomorrow... Oh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be, that'd it go instantly. quick. Yep. I just, I mean, yeah. it's a, even, you know, I almost think at its most basic level, it's just like this flat out, like a buddy adventure movie. It's, you know, perfect. It's almost, I almost found it to be like, with the exception of, you know, I know I hear the term perfect movie thrown around a lot, but with the, and I did have to give it a couple things, but it's for what it's trying to do. It's pretty damn effective. You're going to give it, yeah, I agree. I, I really like movies where the characters aren't like, you know, one note and just like cookie cutter. 
you know, I, I like the, um, what's her name? Uh, Sorsha. Sorsha, like just changing sides and like, you know, just kind of like back and forth with the anti-hero thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Willow isn't like this like upstart Luke Skywalker, like little farm boy. He's like a fucking family yeah. man who's like a shitty sorcerer and you know he doesn't really fully come into it until towards the mm-hmm. end so i mean he's not this you know you know what carly even, sue mary sue <laughs> even though he would be Character, like if like, you if you transpose this with star wars to me he would be luke but in reality with the, um, like, like you said the way it's played he reminds me more of like frodo from the books i, I was like, gonna say more of a bilbo yeah because but right. even Frodo in the books is more like I don't want to do that. I'm happy sitting in my house. Like what the fuck? <laughs> well, that's. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's already over the hill. He's a family man. He's kind of like the uh, the Lin Shay Insidious stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you had I, one of one of the hangups I had, like, and not it wasn't you know, I've never had a hang up about this movie that's going to derail it, right? Because I absolutely love it, but. I thought mm-hmm. it would have been interesting to have, you know, the the thing at the end where like I guess Willow sort of fights Bad Mortal a little bit, even though it she ends up dying through something he doesn't even do, really. I I found it interesting that Mad Morgan's kind of left out of that, like the whole yeah, like the whole thing's like a buddy like the movie. Final I battle, so to speak. The whole idea would have been that the, the the two of them together have to take her out. Yeah. Well, he's fighting the general, so they're kind of yeah. both fighting in their arenas. Yeah, yeah. He's the physicality, and um, you know, Willow is even though he's not a yeah. sorcerer, it's like the magical aspect, mm. and I think he has to come to Finn Raisel's, uh aid because you know they kind of have a, you know, kind of like what Gandalf and Saruman do. Uh, they have that little like it actually kind of reminded me of that. Throwing I, each other around. I wondered if the, yeah. Yeah, I pointed it out. I to wondered Josh. if Peter like, Jackson oh God, looked at this. that when he came up with the the thing for Lord of the Rings because there's not a, there's not a lot in the text about oh, that sure, yeah. because it's just, through the through the Gandalf mm-hmm. perspective in the books, I don't think you ever even find that out. He's just like I kind of got held up, um, you know. And we'll talk about that in a couple of months when <laughs> exactly. we do the Lord of the Rings stuff too. But um, yeah, those are going to be fun. Oh, those are going to be a blast. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. No, I guess we should ask. This is a digression. Like, what order do we want to do those in? Do we want to do the Hobbit ones first? Uh, yeah, it starts yeah. the story. <laughs> yeah, there's... might not be done well, but it starts the story. Yeah. That was my thought too. But I've also listened to other review podcasts that do them and do them in release order. Um, so I wanted to see what you guys wanted to do there. But yeah, so we'll. I think we're planning on doing that in the summer when you come back from the lobster stuff brent so we'll plan that out some more um i don't know i just found this to be super fun you know there there's some things like it was unclear to me exactly what you know aside from like the thing we talked about already like why does she need this huge ritual to kill the kid like why not just stab it my other thing was like what what was the prophecy exactly that she was going to grow up and be something that was going to challenge her or I think it's gonna yeah over they 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 kind of skip over it but that was the assumption I always had almost like a Snow White kind of Mm -hmm. thing um but yeah no I I think I I would have appreciated if it was fleshed out a little bit more and who knows if they're doing this series maybe that's what the basis is it might be a um you know I also kind of read it as like to the movie the kid doesn't actually do anything, but the idea of the kid inspires them to go take her down. And there's like a weird, well, weird parallel with mm-hmm. the kid and Sorsha, because like she's a redheaded kid that was born that this witch was gonna kill but didn't. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like when she ends up being a big part of the yeah. final battle, I was like, is there supposed to be something with the prophecy where she turns out to be? Yeah, but they never go into it. So, like, like you say, maybe that'll get. Be, maybe that's one of the few things that I'm, I can look forward to to the D plus show. Yeah, I'm, I think that's supposed to start next year. I'm not sure exactly. So, it, yeah, yeah, 2022. That, I was excited when I heard that because I feel like you know, as much as uh, 
everybody just associates Star Wars and Indiana Jones with, with Lucasfilm. This is a property that I'm like I've always been like, oh, I want to see more of this, but they're never going to do that. Um, well, it's the same with Howard the Duck. Yeah, but who wants yeah. more of that? Well, no. I'm not. Yeah, we're, we're After Guardians, people were talking about them, so right. But they could just stick them in a Guardians movie now, you know. And even the comics won't put him on the team, really. He just kind of shows up in the background a lot. Um, but, you know, it's just, yeah, super fun. I mean, the, some of the performances are kind of over the top, but I feel like you sort of need that. Like, Bad Morda's pretty... Well, especially, like... Go ahead. Especially in the 80s, when, like, you didn't have massive special effects, you needed actors that had charisma. So, like, you actually had to write characters back then. Yeah. So like like yeah, there's a lot of like even the weird side characters all have a lot of personality. So like it's easy to get invested in in what's going on, even though it is like kind of dated at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the brownies are my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> uh, when Kevin Pollock takes the fucking header into the fucking mug of beer, and he's like, ah, I was like, yeah, see that <laughs> is something I can relate to. And he goes, yeah. bam, yeah. and he dives back in. Val Kilmer, I don't love her. I hate her. She kicked me in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just found it funny too, and I guess you know, it's it's been a couple years since I, you know, probably the actually honestly the last time I watched it was probably when Corey and I were dating, so it's probably been like ten years. And uh, I really, and not that we have kids or anything, but I really identified with Willow way more, like. The crotchety older guy who just doesn't want to do anything and just just like, all right, let me get this over with so I can go hang out with my kids. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, yeah. I was all about like Mad Morgan swinging the sword around and shit. And now I'm just like, ah, you know, let's just get whatever we need to get get done done, and I can go home. <laughs> just think, next time you watch it, you'll be like, yeah. <laughs> Just and a crazy old going, wizard, yeah. Be 53, yeah, you never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, and obviously it didn't make enough money to do this, but I think a sequel to this might have been interesting in the sense of, and I, mean, I wouldn't even think it would necessarily have to do with the, the kid growing up or anything. You could have just sent the two of them off to do something else. And because I feel like the movie's carried by the by their chemistry, so like, they can just go do whatever, and uh, it might be worthwhile as long as it's well written. Yeah, well, one of the most fun scenes of the movie is fucking Val Kilmer and Warwick Davis go for yeah. a sled ride. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. And those horses, the other the fucking bad guy army were riding. They must be fucking fast if they could catch up to them that quick yeah. in that village. Oh yeah. And some of the, you know, I was actually impressed with how well the effects held up too. Like I was, I have a, I have it on Blu-ray, obviously, so I don't know if they touched it up somewhat for that. But there was nothing in it where I was like, oh, that looked horrible. You know, I, I kept go. The, uh, the worst effect was the two-headed monster thing that comes up as a little fucking. Yeah, mouse. but even that, I kind of, even that, I kind of yeah. gave uh, it. You know, but you're right; that probably thing. is the worst one. Um. I just as I was watching it because we it was a couple days after I'd watched Masters of the Universe before we did that one, and I just kept flashing into my head, oh, this is this is probably what Masters of the Universe would look like if they had money and had real actors. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, there was definitely a, a similar yeah. feel to the yeah. two. But yeah, I mean, you know, pretty fun. Um, I'd recommend this to anybody. You know, anybody who somehow hasn't seen it and is into these kind of movies like i don't know how you wouldn't have gotten to this <laughs> yeah so if there's another me out there so um and obviously we kind of talked about you know whether we thought this holds up or not and i think we're all sort of in agreement that to varying levels it kind of does um it's it it's like a, oh yeah definitely an order of theater nachos it's got a healthy dose of cheese, but that just makes yep. it better. I mean, I think if you did like a side by side comparison with like Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings or whatever, it's going to look like garbage. But you know, with 
with the the mindset of like this is what they could do with this at the time i think it holds up pretty well relative to that yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Is there anything else we want? Oh, I did see one other tidbit. I wanted to talk about how this probably would have changed this movie if this had actually happened. John Cusack came in second to Val Kilmer, and and he cl- Cusack claimed oh, no. <laughs> that the biggest disappointment of his career was not getting this movie. I. I can't imagine anyone other than Val Kilmer. He's got this swagger, you know, he's kind of a scoundrel, but like you're rooting for him. And John Cusack is just like, he's like the boy next door. He's, he, yeah. I think he would have been too sweet. Like, I don't think the yep. character would have, I don't think it would have worked, mm-hmm. which is a shame because I yeah. do like John Cusack. Oh, here, here's one other thing that like I sort of hung up on too. And I don't know what everybody else thinks. Would it have helped you to like, have some idea of what Mad Mardigan had done that made everyone hate him so much? Yeah. You know, I kind of like the mystery because you just see, you know, he's just into everything. Like, he goes from, you know, being in the cage to then, you know, getting getting the baby and then ending up in, like, yep. an alehouse with, like, a questionable woman. And then yeah. he's dressed as a woman himself. Like, it just seems like he gets into all kinds oh. of shenanigans. It's almost yeah, like I mean, a Jack yeah. Sparrow kind of thing. Yeah. I had uh, said this, uh, Sarah, I don't remember the movie, but whatever the last Coen Brothers that went straight Western to Netflix. Or whatever. Uh, it was yeah. like a Western anthology. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, the meme that you always see with uh, Franco, where they're like hanging him and he's like, first yeah. time. That I guess was that was kind of what I meant. But I think the thing I kept i sort of went eh, at was like not his his tendency to like just get into whatever bullshit because obviously i think that's part of the character he has the impulse control of a five-year-old but i was more like you know he was clearly mm-hmm. buddies with that one guy in the army but like why did they hate him so much like he calls him a thief at one point and that's never explained i mean well he probably fucked off to go get some side tail from the fucking yeah. alehouse chick and they were like, you deserted your post, you dirty <laughs> fucking traitor. And they yeah. threw him in a cage. Yep. The way I read it. Like, um, yeah. I, had, uh, I did some research earlier today. And, you know, there was speculation that he, like, was a knight of that country, Galadorn, at one point. And he was just, and he was just kind of like, fuck it. I don't care about all these rules mm-hmm. and shit. And I'm just going to go do whatever. Uh, so yeah, that sort of fits with the, the character as I see him. And, and when you... Yeah, Eric, I think, yep. is the blonde yep. dude that's in the army. Like, they talk to each other when he's still in the yeah. cage, and yeah, there's a back affair where he basically to the army until you fucked up and we locked you in the cage. So it's like, yeah. okay, there's that's there's enough of it there to, like, piece together, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's probably another thing they'll expand on in the fucking Disney show. Give him yeah. there before he's cage. Oh, okay. oh, you yeah. mean Chuck I don't know. If, I, yeah. I haven't seen enough to know whether it's. They called it a sequel series, so I think it's going to pick up from this and not go before it, unless they do like flashbacks or something. But. Um, okay, I thought it was supposed so to be like retelling, and then it's got enough. Yeah, I did think that. Yeah, so uh, the the guy Eric was uh, Chuck Cunningham. <laughs> From the first season oh of Happy God. Days, who disappears for the rest of the show. Oh, that's so right. Ron yeah. Howard uh, yep. connection. Mm-hmm. We, I, I saw him. So I have this thing with faces and voices, and I saw his face, and I'm like, yep. I know him. I from can usually peg and we looked it up, and well, sure in enough. <laughs> I kept thinking it was Jake Busey, and I was like, no, it's way too fucking early for Jake Busey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, he's put a beard on him, and he's not that far off from that guy. So it kind of makes oh, sense. I think we just figured out the D plus casting. <laughs> <laughs> See that? But, like, okay, who who would you get right now to be Mad Murdigan? Uh, um, like, yeah. Jake well, Gyllenhaal. I mean, no. I don't know. I feel like if it was Disney, if Disney's doing it, I feel like it becomes a question of like what 
what demographic are they trying to hit? Because I could see if they're aiming for if they're aiming for the same the same age bracket that we were when we saw it, excluding you, Josh, I guess. Wouldn't they shoot for like one of their Disney Channel people or something? Not that I would think any of those people could pull it off. <laughs> but uh It's gonna be Jason Momoa. That oh sucks. God. I like Momoa, but no. <laughs> no you just do the exact not. same thing. You don't need that. Well, you got to think half of the reason for them to do a Disney Plus show is also to make middle-aged women moist. True, he would do that. Well, really, let's. Oh Jesus! And I mean, he's still memed from fucking Game of Thrones now, so it's yeah. And that's been right? a good couple of years. So, I mean, I... well, like I say, it's it's as much as I want to have faith, like that they'll do something good. It's still. Of Hollywood executive fucking planned yeah. idea, and when have they actually done anything right for a reboot or a revisit? I mean, they, they oh, could God. use uh, Snyder Oof. Cut. Please no. Oof. You'll hear more about no. that way a couple weeks. <laughs> Although hashtag Mad Morbius <laughs> would be kind of fun. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. God. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Um. So another successful film pod i suppose um we have some plans for uh future ones at this point um anybody want to throw in on some of the other stuff we have coming um the the snyder cut review or not review the preview has been recorded so if anything breaks between now and uh march 18th uh when that releases fuck you we already did it um so uh and we we're continuing to do the uh, the CW review pods um, due to scheduling and stuff. We are currently recording while Superman and Lo- the Superman and Lois pilot is airing right now, so we're not actually going to get to that one this week. But yeah, I'm probably I won't make you watch that one. Maybe I'll watch that tomorrow. Although there's a Celtics game too. Uh, the only one that I can think of that I have anything relevant to say right now is. Uh, when we do the recap okay. for WandaVision, if it turns out to not be Mojo as the big bad, I'm going to be bad, like, oh, come on. You kind of upset. But it, I mean, well, I'm still holding at least like 40% hope. So, like, just let me okay. stay in my bubble can until I, I have to break. Question. I know we don't talk but, about that show that much in here because we're trying to save it for when it's over. Was anyone else really let down by that whole, like, that they made the whole big deal that? This one was the first. This last one that aired was the first one to have a post-credit scene, and all it was is like Monica coming up in a basement and Pietro just going, "Hey." I mean, yeah, I don't. Fun. I don't know what they thought that was. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean, Thank and like this is what I'm saying. This studio is in charge of the new Willow, so like only hold so much hope because this is what they thought was a yeah. good idea. But I mean, I think as good as WandaVision's generally been i'm inclined to give him a break but still it was kind of like eh, all right mm-hmm. but yeah if if mojo's not the bad guy and they actually introduced the fantastic four and this is the first time i didn't call that since like fuck what one was when did i start my fantastic four at a every while guess. Ago. yeah yeah, uh, so like, if, if that turns out to be a thing and I didn't guess it this time... Now, oh, she referenced having me. some scientist as a buddy. Do we think that might be Reed? No, I think it's... Yeah. They've been referencing... Well, this is true, and there's like 102 That's that they true. still haven't used yet, so... You know, they, they back in the uh, original Avengers, they were like trying to drop teases that mm. Coulson could be Vision. Yeah, so... Yep, so we'll have a, a wrap-up and review for that soon. Um, has to actually end first. Um, as we said, the Snyder Cut, the Snyder Cut preview is done, um, and you won't see that for a little bit yet, but it's definitely done. And uh, Josh and I and probably Brendan Krauss will be doing a review of that at some point after it comes out, probably within the first couple days. Yeah, I'll watch that at least. I'll put that and on my Thunder list in the next couple weeks. Um, so, and we are thinking about, uh, other things going forward. I think I mentioned on one of our other things that we're going to do, um, both Mortal Kombat movies in, in, yeah. uh, preparation for the new one that's hitting on HBO Max in April at some point. I'm not sure exactly when. 
Oh, no, I was hoping we'd ignore that one. Oh, we're doing Annihilation, uh, too? We could at least do the good one, or at least the not-so-shitty one. I was hoping... <laughs> yeah, I was hoping we'd ignore Annihilation completely. The original's great. If you guys really want to do that, I'm sure we can make time for it. Um, yeah, no, yeah, that sounds no, like a rough one. From what I remember, it's pretty bad. <laughs> not that the not that the first one's, like, high art or anything. It's terrible. Trying. The only reason I have oh, is both movies. I'm sure if you could find a way, and if it would actually do it, you just break the disc in half. So. I remember a cartoon yeah. in like the mid '90s with Luke Perry as fucking Sub Zero. I thought you were gonna. Yeah, it was. I thought you were gonna say yeah, Luke Perry as Rage. That would have been way worse. <laughs> no, no, that would have been worse. Like. No, look yeah, at it was Warriors bad. of Earth, man. You want to go help me look for Brenda? Like, whoa. <laughs> and there was a, a really bad, like, Xena Warrior Princess style fucking TV show for a little while, oh, too. I think I remember that. Yeah. That one, that one was yeah. really terrible. Um, Brent, were you going to join us for Judas Contract? I can't remember if you were going to do that one or not. Okay, I we could. Can, I mean, we haven't. I it's on the schedule. I haven't done the reading yet, but um, well, that's that's just it. I haven't read it yeah. in quite a few years, and I don't know if I still have. Okay, it. well, when we get closer to that, we'll figure it out. I mean, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, we're we're gonna end up going back through all those. Uh, th- this entire lineup will be. Uh, oh yeah, that's not on the schedule. Our, our we gotta figure out when we do that. Um, but. Well, before no St. Patty's would be no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll huddle about that. I mean, I can we can certainly do a double on some night, and and uh, I just gotta know exactly when we're gonna do it, so I have time to watch the thing. Yeah. Not that it's super long. Should we uh, should we say what it is now? I guess. Um, yeah, uh, we're gonna be for uh, for St. Patrick's Day at uh, Josh's recommendation. We're gonna be. Uh, Reviewing Rawhead Rex, is that? I didn't like say that wrong. Okay, cool. So that'll be a first oh, for me, oh, um, as I don't watch a lot of horror movies. But it seems pretty. Uh, like I said to you, I think somewhere else, um, you you pitched it to me, and I was you know willing to do it, obviously. But then I saw the box art, and I was like, oh yes, sign me up for this. I, I would just uh, say don't yeah. watch that let's, one. Let's, let me just give you a, a frame a frame of reference for this. I don't I don't watch a lot of horror movies, so she doesn't end up watching a lot of them either. Um, I one of the first movie dates we went on once I was actually living here was uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s due date, which at the time and Yes, oh, and at the at the time, and this was Charles the this was too? the mindset oh. of most people at the time. It was after Iron Man and Sherlock Holmes, so like people were like, "Oh, he can't possibly screw up anything," and then and it's the guy, and it's Surprise. the guy from The Hangover who everyone loves, <laughs> and then we go to this movie and it's terrible, and even I hated it, and I tend you know we have completely different senses of humor. And I tend to like the the kind of movie that is way more than she does. She still brings it up whenever I make her watch something that mm-hmm. she hates. She still brings it up, and it's been like ten years. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely will not make her sit through Rawhead Rex. Yeah. Well, we we live for uh, good horror movies and sometimes bad ones. Um, I think Sarah's going to get a kick out of it. But oh, well, that'll be fun. Then. Her eyes the, being why we watch I feel crap. like... Uh... What? Oh, yeah. So we... we uh, there was a movie that I had posted in the group about a year ago. And uh, usually Stephen Becker is like the only one who will take my ridiculous recommendations. And that was the 1991 classic, The Strays. It's about a bunch of cats that oh, live in a God. house that got flooded. And there's a big meme one. It's arachnophobia oh meets uh, gremlins by way of cats. <laughs> he made me watch it, and I rolled my eyes for the majority of it. Oh, Our own cats got all perturbed what, during it. There's there's this one scene, I put it in my review, there's like a cat meeting in the basement, and the big mean cat is, is just growling, is like, there like, like, yeah. nodding and listening and meowing at him. 
And it goes on for like six minutes with no subtitles. Dialogue for cats and monkeys. No, I mean, you know, we have subtitles on the Blu-ray, and it just says like angry cat growling and yowling inquisitively. Better and worse. All I can picture is like the old fucking like <laughs> Hitler footage where he's like on at the podium and everyone's just like, ah! <laughs> but with cats. And I just have to say, if we get hate mail, Brent mentioned Hitler. It was not me. Well, I didn't yeah. say he I know, was a good dude. I know. Just say it. That's a thing in history that that reminds me of. Out at the but with cats. We're, we're going to have to cancel you from the podcast. <laughs> we do that to Justin. He's never here anyway. He didn't even want to watch this thing, I don't think. But <laughs> we, we we love you, Justin. But uh, no, not enough Power Rangers references in it. Well, see, see, maybe we could have talked him into it if we said Val Kilmer is half naked. Because it seems like if you say there's any '80s <laughs> star that has his shirt off in a movie, Justin's like, mm, really? I'm gonna try. When has he ever said that? <laughs> he hasn't actually said it, but like, oh. watch. He-Man was the first one. He loves Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. He-Man was the first one that we were like, hey, we should do it. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to watch And he watched it before any of the rest of us. That's why I said oh, like, last week that must have been a wet dream maybe. for him because it had everything he loved. As we sit here and psychoanalyze Justin when he's not even Maybe here. you're on the side. Sorry. Oh, I, 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 I'd do it when he was here. So. <laughs> okay. Well. Thank you for joining me, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Hopefully, we'll have you on more often. Oh, anytime. So, yes, um, thank you for having me. I had a passing thought to, I know it's the wrong movie, but it just hit me. I had a passing thought to, to uh, do the dialogue from Masters of the Universe where Billy Barty is talking to the cow <laughs> as a sign of. <laughs> but uh, I think I just have just enough self respect not to do that. So um, join us again uh, next week for uh, Josh and my preview of the Snyder Cut or Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, And watch this space for things in the future. Thanks very much.